Welcome and thanks for joining Deacon Ryan, the people's platform and community where like-minded people come together to gather, pray and above all, share our love for both God and one another. That's here with Deacon Ryan. Let's pray. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus came down with the twelve and stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great magnitude of people from all Judea, Jerusalem and the coast of Tyre and Sidon. Then Jesus looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day, and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven. For that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you, for that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. The Gospel of the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when I went to print my homily this morning, I realized I only had one sheet of paper. So I went digging downstairs, and I have a very festive homily today. Last week, I was finally able to make my annual pilgrimage to spend time with the Benedictine monks at Westminster Abbey, something I do every year, but COVID has kept me away. It wasn't until I was settled in at the monastery that I realized exactly how much I missed being there. I realized how important my time there was for my spiritual health. See, when I was ordained, I naively thought that the grace received through the sacrament of holy orders would somehow immunize me from the tension that exists between being a citizen of heaven but a resident of the world. It didn't. Why I love my time in the monastery is that when you enter into the ebb and flow of monastic life, the the rhythm of their aura et labora, prayer and work, the orarium or monastic timetable of morning prayer, mass, eat, work, Midday prayer, eat, work. Evening prayer, eat, night prayer, sleep, rinse, repeat. When you enter into the monastery, the space between heaven and earth, that space which can sometimes seem so far, 
It contracts. One gets a glimpse of heaven on earth, and the tension of the world eases, if only for a moment. Why does this happen there? Well, it's not that uh, just that the abbey grounds are picturesque or the monks chanting their prayers are so beautiful. It's not just the silence or the lack of technology and cell phones. It's through their radical yes to God, their renunciation of worldly things, their death to self. It's through their witness that we see what it means when we pray the words of the Our Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. As I spent time there experiencing just a small part of monastic life, it made me reflect upon what it means to live the Christian life. Jesus gave us a blueprint. In our gospel today, known as the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus lists out the conditions to follow him. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the hungry. Blessed are those who weep. And blessed are those who are hated, excluded, reviled, and defamed on account of the Son of Man. As I reflected on my own personal journey and how those conditions have applied to my life, I couldn't help but contrast my attempts with those of the monks I had just spent time with. Sure, I've left high-paying jobs for lower-paying jobs, but it's been many years since I've experienced some degree of poverty. I thought of the monks who live simply renouncing all their worldly effects, relying upon the charity of others, and not just for a season, but for their entire lives. In my self-reflection, I couldn't think of a time when I had ever gone hungry. Then I thought of the missionaries of charity who recently had to ration food for both the sisters and the poorest of the poor whom they serve because their bank accounts were frozen and they had no way to buy food. I reflected upon the many times that I've minimized the radicality of Jesus' message, how many times I've sought to find some way out of having his teachings applied to my life. When something he says seems super uncomfortable or challenging to my way of life, I do what many do when we read scripture. Oh, Jesus didn't mean that literally. He was meaning something metaphorical or something spiritual. Unfortunately, I'm not alone in this. We see the response from the people 2,000 years ago, and we see it today in many other faith traditions. For example, Jesus told us that we must eat his flesh. When the people balked at that, he upped the ante and said we had to gnaw upon his flesh. We had to drink his blood, and if we don't, we do not have life in us. How many people out of fear or Ignorance tried to find some spiritual or symbolic meaning behind those words, missing the most important point that Jesus meant those words literally. We also see it in our second reading from today. Heaven, resurrection, eternal life. We take those concepts for granted, and yet 
They weren't something that the people of Israel 2,000 years ago were comfortable with. They heard it being preached that one had to pick up one's cross and follow Christ. They would have everlasting. Yet the people just couldn't believe it. St. Paul is confirming to the Corinthians that when Jesus told St. Dismas from the cross that today you will be with me in paradise, he meant it. Literally. Jesus shared in our humanity in all things but sin, and because through his obedience and suffering reconciled us with God, we are invited to share in that resurrection. Literally. Jesus knows our weakness. So while we can read that first half of the Sermon on the Plains and attempt some spiritual or symbolic meaning, Jesus follows it up with the second half, his woe statements. If we don't appreciate how being meek and humble, how the downtrodden are celebrated in his blessed statements, he calls woe upon the rich upon the full, upon the laughing, upon those who are well spoken of. It's not Jesus being unclear in his teachings. It's our fear of the radicality of his teaching that makes us squirm and seek something softer, something easier, something less challenging. We're afraid to take what our Lord taught us as gospel truth because it means we need to change. Jeremiah, in our first reading, gave us a warning that we need to hear today. Cursed is the one who trusts in mere mortals and makes mere flesh their strength, who turns, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Rather, blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord whose trust is the Lord. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, my challenge for us all today is to go home, pick up our Bibles, and ask ourselves if the Word of God is the blueprint of our lives. Do we write off examples like our religious, living in the world and yet being apart from the world? Do we write off their way of life thinking that the radicality of it is because of some special vocation? Do we retreat to easier interpretations of Scripture because it allows us to continue to live our lives of affluence without consequence, thinking that the teachings of Jesus only apply to a select few? Are we missing the point that the Sermon on the Plains, the Sermon on the Mount, all of Christ's teachings, no matter how radical and scary and challenging they are, that all of his teachings are part of our vocation as Christians. And are we willing to change? Are we willing to conform our lives to the teaching of Christ no matter how painful those changes may be. Thanks once again for taking the time to join Deacon Ryan, the people's platform and community where like-minded people come together to gather, pray, and above all, share our love for both God and one another. 
That's here with Deacon Ryan.